Is That Really in the Bible presents the teaching ministry of David Freeman. All right. Uh, good afternoon and welcome to the uh, CD program. You may hear this later. I want to talk today about personal evangelism. And I think I've told you the story before. I've never really thought I was that good at personal evangelism. And I suddenly realized not long ago the reason I never felt I was good at it is because I didn't really understand what it was. You know, in order to, <laughs> to be good at something, you've got to understand the definition of it. And if you don't, if you think it's something else, if you think it's, you know, this or that or whatever, you, know, you may be missing the boat entirely about exactly what is personal evangelism. Now, the Great Commission, that's Matthew 28 and verse 19, tells us to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, when I look at that verse, I, I realize that there are different types of evangelism. And this, it would not surprise me that Christ, when he gives us this great commission, that he would say, or expect of us, why don't you put some people together, uh, an organization together, uh, a group of people together, and try to collectively, you know, do that great commission. Why don't you put out booklets? Why don't you put out sermons? Why and the churches, churches of God have done that in the past, collectively, because there's, there seems to be when you put together a group, an organization, it seems to be more power in a, in a group of getting work done. Also, but we also know there's a pitfall there uh, that people can, can make mistake or become, make mistakes or become power hungry. Now, uh, so there's different types of evangelism. Ephesians 4 and verse 11 says, And he gave some apostles, he gave some prophets, he gave some evangelists, he, some pastors, some teachers, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So evangelism can be a, a list of different things. It can be books that people write about God. It can be articles. It can be sermons. It can be something that you post to YouTube, a message, uh, something that you post to Facebook. All of this can, can go under the category of uh, evangelism. But that's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about today, or want to talk about today, is personal evangelism, which applies to us all. You know, you may not be able to do some of these things, uh, you know, post sermons or write articles or write books, and, but we all have the duty of personal responsibility of personal evangelism. I've mentioned to you before that, that the reason I do or started, is that really in the Bible, is because I never felt that good at personal evangelism. You know, someone would ask me a question and my mind would go blank. And I would think, why couldn't I, why didn't I say that? And I, you ever done that? You go back and you think, why didn't I say that the right way or whatever? So, what, you know, all the time. So, what I would do is I would go back and create a program answering the question. I have gotten dozens of thoughts and ideas for programs that was inspired by my inability one-on-one -on -one to answer questions. And so it was sort of a way that I compensated, you know, that I, wasn't, I felt like I wasn't good at personal evangelism, so I will do this. And of course, compensation is when one area is lacking and you overachieve in another area to make up for that void. 
And uh, I was familiar with, you know, 1 Peter 3 and verse 15. I don't know how many times I've read this verse. 1 Peter 3 and verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your heart and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you for a reason, the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. So, you know, that verse sort of always troubled me because I thought, well, I'm not that, that, that good at giving an answer for the hope that was within me. And so what I would do, I'd create more programs, you know, whatever. Uh, but here's the question. How can we get better at personal evangelism? And I think it's going to be critical that we understand what it is. What is personal evangelism? Now, Evangelism, in and of itself, from, from mainstream's view, has gotten a bad rap. And often that influences us. We, what we see, what we hear, what we've been exposed to all of our lives, we think, in churchianity, we think, well, that's evangelism. You ever had someone back you into a corner? You know, have you given your heart to the Lord? Do you know the Lord? And so we are influenced by that, and we think, well, that must be personal evangelism. And, of course, the mistake that is made there is it's not just a, a decision that you make. You know, um, the gospel is not just a one-time decision. You know, well, I'll give my heart to the Lord and that's it. And so it's been overly simplified, evangelism. And we have this stigma of maybe being backed into the corner. And often, I think, we feel, you know, well, this is, this is I, I got to do this. I, I need to share something with somebody. I, I need to tell them about the Sabbath. And, and, and uh, well, I don't really want to do this, but here goes. Uh, do, do you know where you're going to go when you die? And have you given your heart to the Lord? And maybe we don't, do, we don't say those things, but sometimes we have a compulsion to, that says, well, I need to tell someone about the dietary law or the food laws or, or whatever it may be, uh, the truth that we know. I need to share that. And, and it's, uh, it's based on uh, compulsion, not love. Okay. It's just an inner compulsion that you have. You feel guilty. And I feel like I, I need to share this with somebody. A compulsion is a desire to relieve tension inside of you. Uh, I want to feel okay, so let me tell you about Jesus. You see how that works? Or let me tell you about the Sabbath day. I need to feel okay about myself. A, a compulsion is not about the other person. It's about you. <laughs> I want to feel better about myself, so let me do some personal evangelism. That way I can feel good about myself. All right, that's, you're headed down the wrong road. That's not personal evangelism. You know, that's not personal evangelism. I've really struggled with this over the years. I remember one time long ago, I was at Walmart parking lot in, in my vehicle, and I wanted to ask the manager about putting some dispensary units to put literature in because I wanted to evangelize. And so that these dispensering units and, and, and that, that you could set out in front of the store and put literature in. And I sat there probably an hour trying to pray up, trying to whip up, trying to encourage myself to go in to, do, to ask the manager. And truth of the matter is, my heart just wasn't in it. And I finally worked up the courage to go in there and ask. And he said, no, you can't do that because we, we let you, we'd have to let every church under, under the sun go in there. And there'd be a whole row of dispensering units in front of Walmart. I, no one could park and it'd be all in the way and be literature strode every way. And I figured that would be the answer, you know, anyway. But uh, it was compulsive. It, it wasn't, it was like, I need to do this. I need to do this to feel better about myself because I, I, I need to do this. 
There's another case uh, instant just recently where we were working for a contractor. I'm going to call him a big redneck, this contractor. And uh, I found out his wife was, was sick. And, uh, you know, this, this thing came over, you know, this, this guilt, this compulsion. Well, you, need, you need to do something. You need to pray for his wife. You need, why don't you call Danny, why don't you call this guy up and, 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 and tell him about. And I did. I said, uh, I said have you, has anyone ever prayed for your wife? Has anyone ever anointed your wife? Anointed? What's that? I never heard of that. Well, I heard somebody come by and prays for your wife. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We got that taken care of. You know, we, you know, you know someone prayed for him, you know, prayed for her. And, uh, and here's what I want you to understand: personal evangelism is not born out of fear. It's not born out of torment. It's not born out of desperation. It's not born out of your lack. It's not born out of compulsion. You need to feel better about yourself. That, that's not personal evangelism, okay? And you know, okay, in timing, person, when there's an open door. In timing, when there's an open door, personal evangelism. In timing, when there's an open door. In fact, uh, there's a verse in Matthew 7 and verse 6, probably not giving you time to turn there, but you can write down the reference, but... It's, a, it's an interesting verse. It says, Give not that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet, and turn again and rend you. Now this verse comes on the heels of judge not that you be not judged, and don't, don't be a hypocrite. I'm not saying we should judge so quickly and say and come to the conclusion that this, this person's a dog and couldn't get it anyway. We, don't, we want to be careful about that, judging too quickly. But you need to have the discernment to know when. The contractor I was dealing with, basically all of his life has made a mockery of religion. He calls me preacher, preacher. All of his life he's made a mockery. You know, the first time I met him, I said, he said, uh, do y'all say prostitutes? And I, I, he found out I was a preacher. He said, do y'all say prostitutes? And I said, I thought, oh, yeah, sure. He said, how about saving me a couple of them? And... Uh, <laughs> So this is the, the this is the guy I was dealing with. So you do have to un understand sometimes. Okay, what kind of a person? And I'm just throwing my pearls before swine. Okay, not that we become too critical, because then we have to realize that verse comes on the heels of judge, not that you beat it. Don't, you know, use your discernment. Uh, but what I'm saying is, personal evangelism is born out of love, and it's relational. Don't let that slip. It's relational. Personal evangelism is born out of love and it's relational. Okay. James 3 and verse 17. James 3 and verse 17 tells us, I think, what personal evangelism needs to be. James 3 and verse 17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, Good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. All right, what is the wisdom that is from above? Is it, you're a dirty, rotten sinner, and you're going to go to hell? No, it's not, that's not it. Okay. It's, it's, it's the wisdom that is from above. Is first pure, peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. What does that explain? You know, that's qualities of relationship right there. 
It's qualities of a good, wholesome relationship. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace in them that make peace. So, personal evangelism. Let them see your example. Create an environment of peace and safety that people feel comfortable when they're around you. This is critical. Creative environment of peace and safety. They feel comfortable when they're around you. Where people feel free and safe to be around you. They don't avoid you like the plague, you know. They don't run when they see you. See you come and they go the other way. No, you don't want to do it. Now I've done that before, but uh, <laughs> with other people. But you know, you got to ask why. Why do people do that? You know, uh, you want to create an environment where people feel free, safe to be around you, and uh, you want to create an environment of peace and safety. And the power of the gospel will come through if you do that in those areas. Now. One of the things I've found about personal evangelism is this, and I'm almost, I, I regret having to admit this, but I think it's good to admit your faults from time to time. You know, the Bible tells to confess your faults to one another. Uh, often, my doctrines have gotten in the way of personal evangelism. Let me tell you how that happens. I'm thinking, first of all, maybe I'm dealing with a, a dysfunctional person, but everybody has some kind of dysfunction in their life. Don't you know? We all do. I do. Uh, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, you know, that person will never get it. That person will never get the Sabbath, the holy days, the kingdom of God and all that. They'll never get clean and unclean meats. Let me tell you something. That's not the gospel. That's not the gospel. Now, it's true the Sabbath is an element of the gospel because it's a fourth commandment. If you break it, you're, you know, that's, that, it's an element of the gospel. But you don't really start there, do we? We don't have to start there, do we? I mean, we can start with some common ground like, hey, God loves you. <laughs> How about that one? That's, one? that's a nice one right there. God wants to forgive you. God wants you to repent of your self-destructive behavior. God wants you to receive the Spirit of God so that you can be set free from your self-destructive behavior. You don't necessarily start with, with our doctrinal truths. And what I realized is that that was getting in the way of really loving people. My doctrines were getting in the way of me truly loving people, truly being concerned about people. You know, God's love for you is not based on your performance. Now, of all people, we ought to know that <laughs> because we're, God calls sinners. And of all the people in the world, we ought to know that, that God's love for you is not based on your performance. It's what you call performance-based religion. And we should know this, but I think sometimes we give the impression that God's love for you is based on your performance. We can give that impression to other people. It's whether you're doing these things or not. Performance-based religion. At the feast this year, uh, someone, I'm, this wasn't his message, but he, I wrote this down because it really set off a, a red light in my head. It says, our society, he's talking about our society, doesn't even know or acknowledge what sin is. This message you know, just show my people their sin, probably will not work. And I thought, you know, that's true. Our society has come to the point where it doesn't even know or acknowledge 
what sin is. That's how far we have come. So what will work? Relationship. Relationship will work. Developing a relationship. Mark 2 and verse 16. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eats and drinks with publicans and sinners? You know, it's like yuck. And what was Jesus doing here? Developing relationships. Developing relationships. You know the story. And the scribes brought, Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, you know the story. And when Jesus had, you know, the, I'm not going to, I'm just going to conclude with the ending story. It says, when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are your accusers? Has no man condemned thee? She said, no man, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. What came first with Jesus' message? What came first was, neither do I condemn you. How important was that for this woman to hear? Oh, it was critical. You know, suppose what Jesus said first was, you're a sinner and go and sin no more. Well, she already knew she was a sinner. <laughs> but is, you know, people need to hear that. That God is not, you know, he, he, he's a father God that loves us. Um, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You know, we're always giving the impression that, you know, the God is condemning the sinners and, and you're a sinner and you're, you know, and, and always, you know, and trying to teach people something they don't even know or acknowledge anymore what, what sin is. You know, they don't, don't even know what it is. You know, God loves the sinner. He wants the sinner to repent. He wants the sinner to receive the Spirit of God so that the sinner can change. The sinner can change. So, personal evangelism. What is the secret? Well, the secret is found in Mark 6 and verse 34. Here's the secret to personal evangelism. Something we can put into practice today. And Jesus, when he was come out, saw much people, and he was moved with compassion toward them. Because they were as sheep, Greg mentioned this, as having no shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. He was moved with compassion towards people. So the challenge is to do this. Instead of this compulsion and trying to feel better about yourself in evangelizing, evangelizing here's, the, here's the advice. Relax. Relax. Take a break. Take a break. Spend time developing relationships. Take 30 days to reestablish some relationships and just love people. You know, maybe there's some people that you've fallen out of contact uh, con, con, uh, contact with. You know, I think of maybe school friends, maybe, uh, maybe some family members, maybe some pops, maybe people you haven't called in years. You know, just take 30 days and reestablish relationships. Listen. That's another good thing. Listen. Old friend, pick up the phone, family member. How can I show them compassion? How can I just love them? Again, 
want to conclude with this. Personal evangelism is not born out of fear. It's not born out of torment. It's not born out of desperation. It's not born out of your lack. It's not born out of compulsion that you have. You just, I just need to feel better about myself. I've got to do this. I've got to share this. You know, It's not none of that. It's born out of love and it's relational. For more information, check us out online at isthatreallyinthebible.net. Listen to the podcast, watch the weekly program, worship with us on our weekly Sabbath service, and be sure to visit our free bookstore. Again, the website is isthatreallyinthebible.net. If you would like more information or if you have any questions, write to Is That Really in the Bible? 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Or visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.net.